Hey guys, welcome back to That Canadian Podcast. I'm your host and That Canadian, Sam. Happy New Year. It is finally 2021. 2020 is finally done and we can get a fresh start. New year, new me in 2021. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm really not that person. But I, I will say that I find that 2020 went by both super quick and super slow. I don't know if that makes sense or if you feel the same way, but that's how it feels to me. I know it's been a hot minute since I last uploaded an episode, but here we are. Today's episode is about black-eyed children, and it's sponsored by Hunt a Killer, but I'll talk about that a little bit later in the episode. I just want to give a really quick warning. Um, One of the stories that I'm going to be reading to you today has some graphic content, very sad content in it, and it's about a cat, so... If you're sensitive to those kinds of things, I will give you another warning before that story starts, just so that way you'll be able to skip it. So today's episode is one that I find, it's it's creepy, it's scary, it's, it's creepy, okay? It's about the legend of the black-eyed children, or black-eyed kids, depending on who you're talking to or what you read. <laughs> They're referred to as Becks, B-E-K-S or B-E-Cs. It's what I'm going to be calling them instead of saying black-eyed kids, black-eyed children, black-eyed kids. You understand. (laughs) And before anyone cracks any jokes, no, they're not kids who got into fights and got black eyes. They're actually kids, supposedly, that have all black eyes. There's no um, white in their eyes whatsoever, no color of any sort, just black, void of all color, And it's just creepy. Kids are creepy enough on their own, but throw some black eyes in there and there you go. You got a whole new urban legend. (laughs) Okay, so there's a lot of theories about uh, their origin, where they came from, which is, I guess, their origin, um, whether they're real or not. It, It is a big urban legend. And we'll talk more about that later. But right now, I really want to tell you some of the creepiest stories that I found uh, about in- allegedly true encounters involving Bex. The links to all these stories are where I found them, as well as the rest of my sources will be placed in the description on my website. So uh, go to thatcanadianpodcast.ca if you want to read more or see who posted them. And as always, when I'm reading these encounters these stories from people who actually wrote it. I'm going to be reading it uh, firsthand the way it was written. Sometimes it's, you know, sometimes there's grammatical errors or ways that it doesn't make sense, but I stick to what they wrote because, damn it, that's what they wrote. (laughs) Okay, that aside, let's just get into it. Now, this particular story was written in third person from where I found it. So if you're wondering why I'm reading it the way I am, like I said, I'm just going to read it the way I found it written. Okay, so a woman was driving with her son in the back seat. She pulled into a gas station, convenience store type thing. She left her kid in the car and she went in. Now, this is the kind of small town where it's common to not lock your doors and it's okay to leave your kid in the car for five minutes. You're going to be right back. You know, it's, it's that kind of area. 
So when she went into the store, her son stayed in the car, and when she came out of the store to get into the car, she looked into the rearview mirror to back up. That's when she saw a little boy that she didn't know sitting beside her son. Then she saw that the boy had completely black eyes and she freaked out. Somehow she got her son out of the car and they ran into the store. Once they were in the store, the clerk said that she was beyond hysterical. All she could say was, in the back seat of my car. So the clerk went out to look and see what was going on. All the doors to her car were open, but there was no one there. She called her husband, but she couldn't tell him what happened either. She was just that scared. After he had been at the store for a while and was able to calm her down, he let her take his car home, and he drove hers back. While driving home, she asked her son what happened, and he said that the boy knocked on the window asking to come in. He thought that if he let him in, he could go back to the house with them, and they could play. The creepiest part of this story is that the husband who was driving the wife's car, got in an accident on the way home from the store. He only got a few cuts and bruises and a mild concussion, but he said that he just blacked out right before the accident and that there was a horrible smell in the car. Not long after the accident, their son got sick and they had to take him to the hospital on multiple occasions. Every time they went, he was diagnosed with something like appendicitis or the measles or the flu. His symptoms would continuously change, and after this kept happening, his parents would eventually call their friends and form a prayer circle around him until he recovered. Now that story, while it may not be the scariest thing in the world, put yourself in the shoes of the mom. You leave your kid in the car, you run into the store real quick, you come out, and boom, there's this kid with black eyes just sitting there next to your son. You don't know who he is. You just freak out, okay? That's scary enough. But then the weird thing is that her husband got in an accident driving her car home just... I'm sorry, guys, my dog is crying outside the door trying to get in here, but let's try and ignore him. (laughs) Um, So the husband, he's driving the car home, her car home, and he smells this really horrible, nasty smell, blacks out, gets into an accident. Thank God he's okay. But then the son starts getting sick and there's no clear diagnosis. It's just, it's odd to say the least. And again, these are all allegedly true stories. And this next story is similar to the one we just read. Now, I don't know if it's just a retelling of the first story that got you know, the phone, uh, the game, um, that, whoa, what's that game called? Grapevine or phone something. And you sit in a circle and you tell one thing to one person. And then by the end of the circle, you know, it's, it's a completely different thing than what you started with. I don't know if this is that, but I still found it to be a really interesting story that I wanted to share with you. So here it is. On March 17th, 2008, I had my one and only encounter with a black eyed kid. Before my experience, I had never heard of anything having to do with Bex. I was 12. I was sitting outside of a hairdresser's on an old Chevy pickup, waiting for my mom to get her hair cut. About 15 minutes had passed, and I saw some kids walking back and forth along the sidewalk in front of my parked car. At first, I thought I recognized him as one of my friends from school, so I banged on the front windshield until he looked my way. It wasn't anyone I knew, and at this point, I wasn't scared at all. Well, at least not yet. The boy walked over to the side of my car and just stared at me. I think it was to let me get a good look at his eyes, just to freak me out. And let me tell you, 
If you have never seen a black-eyed kid, you have no idea what to imagine. Pupils as black as the night sky. The boy whispers, You must let me in. And then I locked the car doors and ducked down in the space below the seats. Five minutes later, he was gone. And when my mother got into the car, she told me a boy with black eyes had come into the hairdressers and insisted for my mother to go and give him the keys to the car. She refused, of course, and thank God she did. So that story was uh, submitted or written to the website I got it from by Big Taco One Two Three. I got a lot of stories, but I'm pretty sure that was the one from Reddit. And we'll talk more about subreddits later. But for now, Big Taco One Two Three. I'm pretty sure I got that story from you on a subreddit. Our next story is a little bit of a longer one, and it takes place around Halloween. Just so you know, here it is. It was a cold October evening, not too far off from Halloween. The evening was slowly creeping by, so I decided to go to the corner store. It was only about three blocks, so there shouldn't have been much trouble, right? During my walk, I see the normal. The occasional person putting up Halloween decorations and kids playing in their yards. But this story is about something far more sinister. I remember seeing two teens, about age 14, knocking on a door, asking to use the phone which of course I thought was weird because most teens these days have cell phones. As I kept walking, they stopped and stared at me for a short moment. I felt the blood in my veins chill. I felt so creeped out, I hurried to the next block. The next block seemed fine until I looked behind me and saw the two teens were following me. I took off and sprinted to the store at this point. I saw the sign for the store and relief washed over me. I opened the door and I told the cashier about what happened on the way here. He looked at me slightly creeped out and told me a story about this happening to him in his hometown and how they found him the day he left and asked for his help, in an emotionless voice, and he told me to never agree to help. He told me another story, but at that point I was no longer paying attention because they were standing at the door, asking to be let in. The cashier freaked out and locked the door. The teens never seemed to waver or leave. They wouldn't step away from the door. It had been at least an hour. The cashier and I were ready to fight our way out, but instead he took me out the back. The one teen came around the back just as the door shut behind us. Can you help me? Is all he could say. He was closing in on us and his eyes. His eyes were as black as a starless night. They were peering right into my soul and I couldn't help but gaze into his eyes. Because of the terror, I can't remember too much of what happened next, but I do recall the sounds of struggle. When I came to, the cashier was struggling with both teens. He was calling out for me to help. I ran towards them, grabbed him by his collar, pulled him between the two, and knocked them over in the process. I didn't look back until I was near my house. The cashier was gone, but the teens were still following behind. I ran into my house, closed all the blinds, and turned the music up. I got lucky that day, but I'm not sure how long I can keep out of their grasp. I tried to find and thank the cashier for saving my life that day, but he didn't show up to work after that. I asked his boss, and he told me he called over the phone and quit. He was moving. To this very day, I sometimes fear those eyes are watching me as I drive to work. I sometimes look out my window, and I swear I see them watching my house from a couple of blocks away, waiting for their next chance. Before I continue with the story, I just want to reiterate that these stories may be true, but they may not be. And with that being said, the following encounter from Brian Bethel 
is the one that started the Beck craze to begin with, the, the craze that we see today. And personally, I believe his story. So here it is. Near as I can figure, this happened in 1996. I've managed to pin down the date that far. I feel like it happened in the spring or summer, since I can remember wearing a pair of shorts, but one of my great regrets is not recording the actual date of the event. After you hear the story, you'd think it would be something you'd never forget. But, given enough time, not the case. My memory, while still good, isn't quite the best. I had gone down to the formal site of Camelot Communications, one of the area's original internet providers, to pay my bill. At the time, Camelot was located on North 1st Street, near the movie theater, in the shadow of what is now Chase, then Bank One. I was using the light of the theater's marquee to write out my check, which I planned to put in Camelot's night drop slot. Involved in my work, I never heard them approaching. There was a knock on my driver's side window. Two young boys, somewhere between 9 to 12 years old, and dressed in hooded pullovers, stood outside. I cracked the window a bit, anticipating a spiel for money, but I was immediately gripped by incomprehensible, soul-wracking fear. I had no idea why. A conversation ensued between one boy, a somewhat suave, olive-skinned, curly-haired young man, and myself. The other, a redhead, pale-skinned, freckled young man, stayed in the background. The spokesman, as I've come to think of him, told me that he and his companion needed a ride. They wanted to see the movie Mortal Kombat, but they had left their money at their mother's house and asked if I could give them a ride. Plausible enough, but all throughout this exchange, the irrational fear continued and grew. I had no reason to be frightened of these two boys, but I was. Terribly. After a bit more conversation, I looked up at the theater marquee and down at the digital clock display on my car. Mortal Kombat's last show of the night had already started. By the time I could have driven the boys anywhere and back, it would practically have been over. All the while, the spokesman uttered assurances. It won't take long, they were just two little kids, they didn't have a gun or anything. That last part was a bit unnerving. I noticed that my hand had strayed towards the lock on my door. I pulled it away, perhaps a bit too violently. In the short time that I had broken the gaze of the spokesman, something had changed and my mind exploded in a vortex of all-consuming terror. Both boys stared at me with cold black eyes, the sort of eyes that one sees these days on aliens or bargain basement vampires on late-night television. Soulless orbs like two great swaths of starless night. I did what I feel any rational person would do. I full-on freaked out inside while trying to appear completely sane and calm. I apologized to the kids. I made whatever excuses came to mind, all of them designed to get me the hell out of there. Fast. I wrapped my hand around the gear shift, threw the car into reverse, and began to roll up the window, apologizing all the while. My fear must have been evident. The boy in the back wore a look of confusion. The spokesman banged sharply on the window as I rolled it up. His words, full of anger, echo in my mind even today. We can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. I drove out of the parking lot in blind fear, and I'm surprised I didn't swipe a car or two along the way. I stole a quick look in my rearview mirror before peeling out into the night. The boys were gone. Even if they had run, I don't believe there was any place they could have hidden from view that quickly. I write for a lot of reasons. I'd do it even if I didn't get paid to do so. 
So I wrote down the story of what happened, more or less as a cathartic exercise, and shared it with a small group of friends on an email list. From there, it got into the wider internet, and grew, and grew, and grew. Type my name in Google, and you'll find it soon enough. In time, there was a term coined for what I've seen. Becks. Black-eyed kids. I wouldn't have chosen it, personally, but it's the acronym the internet knows. I'm pretty easy to track down, so I still get calls, emails, and inquiries from people all over the world who want to know more about what I saw, what I think they were, and what the encounter means in some cosmic sense. I've been contacted by everyone, from Korean television stations planning New Year's Eve shows to regular people who just want to talk. More interesting to me has been sporadic but more than occasional contact from people who think they may have seen something similar. Some narratives follow the same template of my original encounter a bit too slavishly, and those are easy to dismiss. But others have a more than subtle ring to the same sort of panic and helplessness I felt. Similar experiences have now been reported in places from suburban neighborhoods to your standard dark alleys throughout the country, and possibly beyond. Kids like the ones I saw have allegedly been seen wandering through certain 24-hour big-box retailers in the middle of the night and banging on the front doors of numerous witnesses. Are all of these encounters true? Unlikely. Are there enough to at least reinforce my belief that I encountered something truly strange? Definitely. Now, there is a lot more to the article that I got this story from, but a lot of it doesn't add to this episode, so I chose not to read it. There are two important things about Brian and Brian's story that I find to be extremely important to this day. He maintains that A, his story is true, and B, his story has not changed one little bit since his original telling of his encounter. And I feel like, you know, obviously there's some people who would make up the stories that they tell just to get attention or to go viral or whatever. I saw a really terrible YouTube video about, oh, I called the black eyed kids from my phone. Come on. Come on. <laughs> um, I got really sidetracked there. Oh, yeah. So after reading stories of these encounters and hearing the urban legend that is of the black eyed kids, people often wonder what happens if you let them into your house? What happens if you let them into your car? Now, the earlier story about the little boys letting in the, the, the black eyed kids into their cars, you know, they, I don't know, we... They explain a little bit, but this next story is truly terrifying, and it answers the question of what happens when you let Bex into your house. Now, I got this story from a website called, uh, I think it was called Weak and Weird, because that's what she mentions in the article, uh, or in her email to them, but... I will, again, link it on the website, thatcanadianpodcast.ca, so if you want to read the whole article, go ahead, but I'm just going to read you the story. Earlier at the beginning of the podcast, I had said that there was a warning and that I would let you know before the story, and this is the story that can contain some information that may upset some listeners uh, just because of what happens and the uh, events involving a cat. So skip this story. Let me start by saying that I know how all this will be hard to believe, but now that things have taken a turn for the worse, I started looking for stories similar to mine and found weak and weird. I feel like I should share this story with someone and your website seems like the right place. 
I made the mistake of letting the black-eyed kids inside, and now I'm worried that I might die because of it. I hope this will be a warning to everyone who is ever in this position to not make the mistakes that I did. I live just outside of a rural town in Vermont. It's a tight-knit community where everyone knows one another and people don't lock their doors at night. There's never been any need to. A little over a year ago, I woke up because I heard a loud banging on my front door. At the time, my husband and I lived in a small home on a dirt road just off the rural route into town. It was the middle of a snowstorm and nearby hills were getting very slippery in the snow, so I thought that someone might have gotten in an accident and broke down. It's happened before. When I looked out the window, I could see that our motion spotlight was on. I could see that there were footprints in the snow that had come from our road into our driveway and that there were no car tracks anywhere. The snow was still covering the road and no one had driven down for at least a couple hours. Our front door was obscured by the window, but I could see that someone was standing there. I wasn't sure what to think, so I woke my husband up just to feel safe. While I was telling him what was going on, the banging on the door started again, and my husband went to answer while I stood in the hallway. When he opened the door, there were two children standing in the snow looking toward the ground. They were a boy and a girl and couldn't have been more than eight years old. They were dressed strangely and had odd haircuts. The girl's hair was very long and straight, and the boy had a dated haircut that looked almost like a bowl cut. They weren't dressed for winter, and my first thought was that they must have been Mennonite children, but as far as I know, there was never a large community of Mennonites near us. Thinking back on it, I know that my normal reaction to seeing children in a snowstorm would have been to rush them inside and bundle them up with blankets and hot chocolate. But that's not how this felt. The children were very unnerving. They wouldn't make eye contact, and when my husband asked them if everything was okay, they asked if they could come in. My husband looked at me like, what do I do? And I asked the kids where their parents were. They'll be here soon, is all they said. It was around 2 o'clock in the morning at this point, so the only reasonable thought I had in my head was that there must have been an accident or these kids got lost. As much as my instincts told me not to bring them inside, I did it anyway. I went to the kitchen to make them some hot chocolate while my husband took them into the living room. While I was fixing the kettle, I could hear my husband talking to the kids. He was asking them if they were okay, where they came from, how far they walked, if their parents' car was broken down, things like that. But they always answered, Our parents will be here soon. They spoke in a sing-songy voice. They weren't afraid to be in a stranger's home at all. And I started to notice that our cats, we had four, were all hiding except for Pigeon, who was in the kitchen with me. Normally, our cats are very curious and friendly, and we have to be careful that they don't run out the door when we leave. This time, none of them even tried to see who was here, which I thought was very strange. All of the hair on Pigeon's neck was standing up, and his tail was puffed up while looking into the living room. When I bent down to pet him and see what was wrong, he hissed and started growling, and backed up until he had hid himself under the kitchen island. I'd never seen him do that before. When I walked back into the living room, the kids were sitting on the couch as still as could be, but my husband was holding his head in his hands. I asked him what was wrong, and he just said that he felt very dizzy all of a sudden, but that he was fine. I turned back to the children to give them their hot chocolate, but when they looked at me, I gasped. It took everything inside of me not to drop the mugs and run away. When they looked at me, their eyes were completely black. They had no whites, just giant black pupils. 
When they saw that I was scared, they stood up and asked if they could use the bathroom. I tried to be as composed as I could be and showed them down the hall. They went into the bathroom together, and I hurried back to my husband and asked if he had seen their eyes. He had seen them too and said that it looked like his brother's badly bruised eyes after a car accident. We were in the middle of talking about whose children they could be when my husband's nose started to bleed. He'd never had nosebleeds as long as I'd known him. I just knew inside myself that this had something to do with the kids in the bathroom and I started crying while I ran to get my husband some tissues. That's when the power went out. I heard my husband yell my name from the living room, and as I started to walk back through the hallway, I stopped dead in my tracks. The two children were standing at the end of the hallway. They weren't moving, and I have never been so scared in my whole life. They just stood there, in the dark. After what felt like forever, the boy said, Our parents are here. And they walked to the door, opened it, and walked out, leaving it wide open. My husband jumped up to go close it and almost fell over. We looked out the window and saw two men standing by a black car idling at the end of our driveway. The men looked like they were wearing black-colored suits and were very tall, at least six feet. When my husband waved at them, they just stared at us, got into the car, and drove off. Our power came on about a half hour later, but nothing was the same after that. Over the next few months, three of our cats went missing. We can only assume that they ran away somewhere and never came back, but the worst thing was coming home and finding Pigeon in a puddle of blood on the living room floor. He looked like he had been vomiting blood. The vet told us that he had some kind of hemorrhage. After my husband's nosebleeds became a regular occurrence, we went to see the doctor. He didn't know what to make of it other than dry nasal passages, but my husband was diagnosed with an aggressive skin cancer. When the doctor asked us if he used tanning beds, we both thought he was joking, but apparently this kind of melanoma is linked to overuse of indoor tanning. The doctors think he will recover, but don't understand how he got so bad so quickly. My husband has never worked an outdoor job and spends relatively little time in the sun. Since we let the black-eyed kids inside our home, I've also suffered regular dizzy spells and nosebleeds on a regular basis. I've had other issues, which I won't mention here, but trust me when I say that I am suddenly in the worst condition of my life and no one can do anything about it. I know that all of this is because I let the black-eyed children into my house. We've told everyone we could about the strange kids that showed up that night, but no one else saw them, and some laugh at how scared we were of the Mennonite kids, but we know what we saw. I wish my husband had never opened the door. Whether these stories are true or not, I have no idea. I, Like I said, I believe Brian's story, uh, this second story sounds like th there is a lot of detail. It doesn't sound very fluffed up in uh, the details that they give. Like it doesn't sound like a typical, I then went to the maroon colored door and I opened it with a gasp. You know, like it doesn't have that kind of feel to the story. So that one also sounds convincing. Not that the other ones didn't, but you know what I mean. I, they could be true. They could not be true. That's up, really up to you to decide. But personally, I don't believe all the stories I read, but I do believe that some of them are true. And that's the ones that I've included here today. I first heard about the Black Eyed Kids from this YouTube channel that I absolutely love called Nukes Top 5. And 
his channel features like the top five ghost videos of the week or top five creatures in the woods or, you know, just that creepy, eerie, uh, paranormal, um, creepy kind of stuff. After each video segment that he includes in the episodes, he'll say things like, is this a ghost caught on camera or is this just an elaborate hoax? You decide. Or he'll say things like, it's up to you to choose what you believe. And one of the things that I'm not sure about the channel is how he gets his videos. Like, I know for sure that he gets videos from viewers because he also says, if you find a video you think I should see, send me an email with a link or something like that. And so I'm not sure if it's purely um, viewer found footage or if it's stuff that he searched out plus stuff that has been submitted to him. I'm not 100% sure. I'd love to interview him someday. Um... But as of right now, I guess my podcast, I have, I have no idea how to do that because I'm so new. So if you have tips on how to get uh, people to interview with me, um, or if you have tips, how do I, <laughs> this is why people won't interview with me. Uh, if you have tips on how to get interviews with people, let me know in the comments on my website for this episode. There we go. I knew I'd get it out at some point. <laughs> In the video about Black Eyed Kids that Mook's Top 5 did, he included a couple of clips from this channel called Fantastic Daily. And the, the, the creator, I guess, the YouTuber who owned that account, we don't know his name, we don't know what he looks like, but he, uh, the videos were showing that he had this um, encounter with a black eyed kid at his house and he tried to capture footage of it. So he created this, uh, this sound, this, yeah, we'll say sound that is supposed to attract them. And after five days of playing this sound, a black eyed kid finally went to his house and got it on footage. They stood there for about an hour before walking away. Very creepy stuff. And a little while later, he tried to, um, find no yeah a little while later he was driving down his driveway and he saw a black-eyed kid either cross the road or just standing by the side of the road I can't quite remember but no matter where the kid was it was creepy and both clips were featured on this nukes top five video now you can still watch the nukes top five video I'll link it on the website in the in the description but you can no longer watch the footage from fantastic daily itself because the account or the channel or whatever you want to call it has actually been closed and there's a reason for this so there was a lot of drama surrounding these found footage type videos and it's because they weren't true now by saying this i'm not trying to discredit nuke he always just shows the videos. He says it's up to you to believe whether it's a hoax or it's truth. And so by no means am I saying that he published false footage knowing that he was publishing false footage. But this fantastic daily guy, whatever his name was, was a filmmaker. And there's this interview I found on on YouTube and he basically explains what happened. And uh, so he's a filmmaker. He says that he wanted to create like a, a found footage similar to the Blair Witch, which was very popular back in the 90s. The 90s? Early 2000s, 90s, somewhere in there. And then eventually they did a remake of it or like a part two, I think, or a remake of it. There was a couple movies. 
there was a, a part two. Anyways, that that's not important. And speaking of Blair Witch, like I said earlier, today's episode is sponsored by Hunt a Killer. What's Hunt a Killer? Well, Hunt a Killer is a fun, immersive, interactive at-home game that you can play that involves lots of puzzles, codes to decipher, anything that involves a mystery, you've got it here on Hunt a Killer. Hunt a Killer works off of seasons, and each season there's an episode. Each episode is a box, and in each box contains clues that leads you to the next box. And I originally started with the Curtain Call episode, but then Hunt a Killer partnered with Lionsgate, and they created the Blair Witch Box. And when I tell you it's a creepy story, believe me, if you're into creepy, if you're into urban legends, this box is for you. If you go to my website, there will be a link there that will bring you to the page that you need to order the Blair Witch Box. And if you use the code WEATHERS, all capitals, W E A. T-H-E-R-S, you will save 20% off your first box. So he wanted to create this type of found footage uh, experience because if you find, you know, you, you watch a movie and somebody, oh, this is the scary story, you know it's a scary story. But if it's found footage, you're like, oh my God, is this true? Is this real? Is it fake? Who knows? And that's what you see a lot these days. That's how a lot of people go viral. So that's what he wanted to do. So he created this storyline. And there was actually a really detailed storyline that he didn't get to uh, publish because of what happened. And basically... He started posting these videos into the online community that's dedicated to believing in the paranormal. And when they found out that it's not true, things went south for him, we'll say. Um, the full interview will be linked on my website. But all I'm going to say is that things went bad. He had to close his account and it was disproven his theory of, well, not theory, but his version of the Black Eyed Kid encounters. So anyway... At the end of the segment of the uh, Fantastic Daily videos, Nuke said, So is this one of the black-eyed children? Is it just someone out for a bizarre night stroll in the woods? Or is it all just a hoax? Something along those lines. He's so, he's so good at those lines. I'm, okay, I'm fangirling. Let's, let's just move on. According to TexasHillCountry.com, Anyone who encounters them almost immediately begins to feel an overwhelming sense of dread. Besides blacked out eyes, these children, usually between the ages of 6 and 16, typically appear normal. Sometimes their clothing is outdated. In an extremely unusual instance, people have reported talon-like feet, but overall though, they just look like normal kids. Now, as many believers as there may be, there's also a lot of people who believe that the story of the Becks is just made up for entertainment purposes, and that is largely due or largely because of um, websites like Creepypasta or subreddits on Reddit called No Sleep. And I say that because most of those stories are just that. They're just stories. They're made up to be, uh, to give the reader a creepy feeling, to just be entertaining in a creepy way, and they're just complete fiction. Um, not, again, maybe not all of the stories are that way, but 
a lot of them are. They have those subreddits and that website have the reputation of being fiction or fictional. And non-believers have other theories as to why it's not true. And it could be that it's just kids playing pranks uh, or that it's a medical condition. Um, And actually, when I read this uh, reason why people don't believe it is that it's a medical condition. And actually, in this instance, WebMD was pretty helpful. It said, and I'm quoting, Sometimes your pupils can dilate without any changes in the light. The medical term for this is mydrasis. Medicines, injuries, and diseases can all cause this eye condition. So my question is, in terms of that theory, is if it's a medical condition causing their eyes to be like that, why would they be asking to come into your house or your car and not be able to go in without your permission? Just sounds kind of weird. Um, And the believers, however, they think that because of that reason, these kids could be vampires. You know, the typical vampire uh, portrayal is that they can't come into your house without permission. You have the feeling of being in like a trans-like state when you make eye contact and you can't control your movements and, you know, just stuff like that makes them lean towards these kids being vampires. Another theory that people have is that they could be demons and um, they say this. Now, I've never heard this personally, but they say that demons can't enter your home without permission. And in addition to that, whenever they take human form, they usually have one or two uh, slight imperfections uh, when it comes to um, portraying themselves as a human. And people believe that because the eyes are all black, that's that slight imperfection or in the some in some of the cases where there's uh, the talon like feet that could be another explanation as to why it could be a demon or why people believe that they're demons but again i don't know when i was reading that people think it's demons the question that immediately popped into my head is if it really is demons why don't we hear more about black-eyed children in um exorcisms or possessions or whatever you'd think that um, if it was a part of that not community but that kind of um, train that uh, train of thought I don't know when it comes to that um, you would think like with all the movies that Hollywood makes uh, about possessions or whatever you would think that it would include black-eyed children now I know in some movies there's people whose eyes go completely black I think I think that happened in The Exorcism of Emily Rose. I can't quite remember, but that is a fantastic movie. Very scary. I've gotten off track. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so if if it is demons, why don't we hear about the black-eyed kids in more stories of possessions or stuff like that? So that leads me to believe it's not quite demons. But anyway, um, one of the more interesting theories that I've heard, aside from vampires, is that they could be greys or aliens. And I say that it's interesting because, as you know, greys or aliens are often depicted with um, big black eyes. And another interesting fact is that when the kids' parents show up, or if the kids' parents show up, it's tall men dressed in black, 
And that goes with the idea of the men in black uh, who show up. I don't know if you've heard stories. Again, I've seen videos about them on Nuke's Top 5. But um, yeah, the men in black could be the parents to these greys or not parents, but the keepers of the greys and aliens that they just say are their parents. I don't know. It's a theory that I've read. It sounds almost believable. Like it makes it almost makes sense. Like Nuke would say, it's you decide. I don't know. <laughs> um, people also say that um, it's just something as simple as them being the ghosts of children who've been murdered or who just passed away. I don't know if any of these stories are real or even if if the legend of black eyed kids are real. I personally have never seen them. I personally hope to never see them. Um, my husband and I were planning on getting, uh, we're moving, we're getting a, a new house, which I'll talk about a little later. And we were planning on getting a ring doorbell and we thought, well, you know, they're kind of expensive. Uh, it gets really cold here in the winter and uh, gets to like minus 60 sometimes or, or colder. And um, the ring doorbell only works to a certain temperature. So we thought, you know what, we won't get it. But after hearing this story and doing the research, um, I've changed my mind, to say the least, whether it's real or not. I want to see who's knocking at my door before I open it. And and that doorbell seems like a pretty good idea. <laughs> um, but going back to the story, the questions that come to mind for me, uh, they're mostly just, I don't know, there's a lot of questions. But the main ones are, how do they choose who to visit and what makes them choose that specific person? Is it random? Is it by chance? Um, the, it, the movie, The Strangers, I don't know if you've seen it. It's a great movie, uh, loosely based off of a true story. And in this, at one point in the movie, the person says, the victim says, why are you doing this to us? And the person, uh, the villain, I guess the bad person is, uh, I know there's a word for that, but I just can't. Oh, the protagonist, the protagonist, or is that? I know there's a word for that, but I can't think of it right now. But anyway, the bad person replies, because you were home. Is is that is that it? Like, is that how the Becks choose who to visit? I don't know. The other questions are, are they only in certain areas? Like, is there like hot spots or clusters of where they're located? Or are they everywhere? And I think of this because I'm only hearing of specific stories in specific areas. And it's mostly in the States. I tried to look for stories uh, in Canada, but I couldn't find anything really. There was one, um, but it just, it didn't sound very convincing. So I didn't want to waste your time with it. Um, there was a couple in the UK, one of which, um, I'm pretty sure was the story that, uh, the guy from Fantastic Daily made up. Um, but yeah, th I haven't found much. And is it, is it like, uh, Bigfoot where Bigfoots are, or Sasquatches are found only in specific areas? We'll actually talk about Sasquatches in a different episode, but, um, are they only in specific areas or are they everywhere? And just not everybody is sharing their story. I don't know. And that's a question that I would love to have answered if, you know, it was ever proven that these are real. I, I don't know, guys. Um, <laughs> Uh, the last question that I'm going to ask you, um, if you have any answers, is how long do you think they've been around for? And I ask this because Brian's story was uh, posted or took place in 1996. But what happened before that?
like did they they really exist then did they just kind of appear or pop up how did they come to be or how did the legend come to be i don't well i mean brian's story but like how did how did black-eyed kids become a thing like how did i don't know i really don't know i have more questions i just it's it's very interesting to me whether it's true or not um like i said i believe brian's story but I don't know. I don't want to believe at the same time because it's just creepy. But what do you guys think? I want to know if you think black eyed kids are real. Uh, if you've had any experiences with black eyed kids, I would absolutely love to hear it. You can uh, send me your story through email at thatcanadianpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can go visit me on Instagram and email me there in the DMs. Uh, my handle is that Canadian podcast, or you can go to the website thatcanadianpodcast.ca and you can leave a comment on today's episode. And um, if you don't have a story of your encounter with black eyed kids or a friend's encounter, a family member's encounter, whatever the case may be, and you just want to give your opinion on their existence and uh, or your theory of what they can be, tell me. I really am. This is one of the stories that will just kind of stick in my brain and kind of just resonate and stick with me. The last thing I want to talk about before we uh, wrap up this episode is that the um, uploads for the next month or so are going to be kind of sporadic. Um, I'm going to keep them on Fridays. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it every Friday or not. And I say that because um, for each episode, I like to have a lot of thorough research done. I don't want to spend just a day looking up information and then telling you the information the next day. I like to do at least two or three days of research. And then uh, so, I, you know, Monday through Wednesday, I'll do research, maybe even some of Thursday. And then on Thursday, I will record and edit and uh, schedule the upload for Friday. And because we're moving, we're going to have to be packing and unpacking. And it's just going to be, it's going to be a shit show for like the next month. So um, it's... <laughs> My uploads are going to be sporadic, but eventually we'll get back to normal and I'll be able to have the time that I want to have for you guys for giving you quality content and not just kind of half-assed con content. So um, that being said, I do hope to put out an episode next week, although uh, with my husband's job and the move, um, I don't know for sure if that can happen or not, but uh, just keep an eye out on my Instagram. And I will update you as much as I can there. Like I said before, it would be really great if you can share any of your creepy stories with me. Not just Bex, but any creepy story you have, any conspiracy theory you want me to talk about, whether you believe it or not. Just interesting content. Let me know. I have a bunch that I want to talk about, but I also want to talk about what you want to hear. So hit me up on any of the socials, uh, Instagram, the website, and yeah, that that wraps it up for today. So thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. This has been That Canadian Podcast. I am that Canadian and stay safe out there. <laughs> <laughs>